I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. Continuing with our theme of calf rearing facilities, on this week's episode I spoke to dairy advisor Trevor Dunwoody about the alternative options to the traditional calf shed. The majority of clients that I would deal with would still have some form of, um, you know, the traditional calf shed, whether it's purpose built or maybe in some cases it's older sheds which have been converted to house calves. Um, I suppose the one thing that I would note on those types of houses, you need to be very careful um, that those sheds don't become overstocked. Um, obviously that would increase the risk of disease. Uh, you need adequate floor space and ventilation. Uh, in terms of alternatives then, um, I suppose a couple of uh, main alternatives that I would see among my clients, um, firstly would be calf hutches. Um, so look at a, a couple of farmers have individual hutches, but more commonly it would be group hutches that would hold somewhere between three and eight calves. Um, generally, they would be located um, on an outdoor concrete area, uh, maybe an old silage slab or something like that, um, where the runoff uh, can be collected and stored. Very important um, that the runoff from those hutches would be collected and stored. Uh, I suppose the one big uh, or the couple of big positives for the, the calf hutches. Uh, number one, uh, they can be moved um, if they become in the way of any future development on the farm. And look at if they're no longer required, if there's some alternative housing um, um, constructed, then they can be sold on. Um, yeah, look at the calf hutches, very useful. Um, you know, the calf is the best of both worlds. They have shelter with the hutches and generally there's a, a penned area at the front where they've access to fresh air and so on. So uh, that's one alternative. Second one then, you know, be outdoor rearing. Uh, a number of my clients would uh, let calves out from maybe three to four weeks of age um, in groups, like maybe up to 30 or 40 calves per group. Um, they'd put them to a, a sheltered paddock or generally as sheltered as they would have. And look at some artificial shelter may have to be added if it's necessary, depending on, on, on the weather and the location. Um, generally, they would try and keep them close to the yard if they needed to be rehoused in the case of you know extremely bad weather. Um, and they would be fed with a mobile feeder, usually behind a quad or a small tractor. Uh, and meal would be kept available to those calves at all times. So that's a couple of the alternatives. You know, a, a number of farmers then, you know, that would be contract rearing the calves then would would move the the calves off the farm um, fairly early, maybe onto the the contract rearers farm, who would have accommodation available. Um, not all of the contract rearers might have calf accommodation, but in some cases they may have, and that would obviously reduce the space the space requirement and labour requirement on the dairy farmer's own individual farm. So just to pick up on a few things, I suppose, firstly, the calf hutch um, option, Trevor, like say you were saying that that might be on, say, an old silage pit or, you know, often we see that people have multiple silage pits on farms and they'd, um, you know, technically there is an empty silage pit available for for calf hutches in that scenario. Yeah. And look at, um, you know, in, in terms of where, ho where housing is short, 
Um, in many cases, there are you know multiple um, multiple silage pits. As with the calf hutches, maybe would work best in in an uncovered pit, um, Emma. You know where where there's plenty of um, ventilation and uh, you know there, there'd be no issue. They would also work in covered silos, um, but but generally, you know, if if you have an uncovered silage slab, it'd be an ideal spot um, to locate a, a number of hutches. Um, which would um, you know get you over maybe a shortage of space as well, and and then lo- looking to the outdoor rearing. So you know you mentioned that some farmers are getting calves out from three four weeks of age, and like we we do see, um, you know research has shown it and farmers have shown it that it is an option. Now you know obviously where the, the weather turns, um, you know poor like in in the instance of say twenty eighteen, um, you know the, the, you know you need to look at alternatives. There. There, but that is a real option on farms and yeah it, it, it is a real option but I, I suppose looking in the worst case scenario you probably do need to have a plan b in place um you know some sort of a facility that you can you know maybe get them back in for a few days if you know if you have heavy snow or really really bad weather um they may need to come back in but certainly it's a real option on many farms um and look at it certainly significantly reduces labor and if the weather is, you know, we call it normal, then certainly the health of the calves uh, would certainly improve. And uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a real option on on many farms. Uh, Emma, yes. And 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 as you say, you know, in in it's um a re- a um a labour reliever at a busy time of year. Yeah, look at your that that time of the year always tends to be the the crunch time on dairy farms. So you know anything to get you know calves, you can get the calves out of the yard into large groups. Uh, reduce the time requirement um, certainly it's going to be a huge benefit on on a dairy farm at that time of the year you know going into maybe early March or thereabouts you're, you're really hitting the crunch time yeah and and, and as you say in terms of uh, when when they're out at that crunch time in early March that also is the peak where there would you know your your largest number will be will will be on farm in terms of calf numbers then in, ter- in in terms of the contract rearing how early do you see calves going off farm to be contract reared trevor yeah well probably the, the earliest that i would see among my clients would be 10 to 14 days um look at the calves would be um would get their you know they'd be calved on the on the dairy farm um they would get their colostrum um and they would get off to a good start, um, you know, and, and be in a good, a good, healthy position going off to the contract rearer. Now, obviously, not all agreements are that. Like in some cases, the calves are fully reared on the on the dairy farm, but in in, in some cases where the contract rearer uh, has a com- calf accommodation, some or all of those calves would uh, would head off to the contract rear at a much earlier stage. In some cases, it may be a retired dairy farmer who has you know got into contract rearing, and he may have some uh, accommodation available, which can certainly um, reduce the requirement on the on the main dairy farmers um, on on his housing requirements. And and look, when we when we talk about the contract rear, that's typically the female replacements. But do you? But do you see many uh, of your clients who have, a, a, you know, a strong relationship with, say, a dry stock farmer and they're able to sell, the, say, their, their male calves off the farm at that early stage of two weeks of age or so? Yeah. So, yeah, look, at I, I you know, I have a, a couple of clients who have uh, agreements made and I suppose one, um, one sticks in my mind. Um, yeah, he, he, all his uh, non-replacement calves go to a, a local beef farmer. Um, 
look at this has been ongoing for I think this is the fourth year now of, of the agreement. Um, so the, in, in this case, the price is agreed between the, the dairy farmer and the beef farmer prior to the calving season. So there's no haggling over price. Um, all the calves are treated the same. So the dairy farmer, you know, proper colostrum management and he ensures that the calves are as healthy as he can have them. Uh, the beef farmer then he collects the calves twice a week, Monday and Thursday, and um, you know they're gone off the the dairy farmer from you know 10, 12, 14 days of age. Uh, the beef farmer takes them on at that stage. They're in a good position to to move on. They're in healthy. They've got their colostrum, um, and look at it. it seems to be a win-win for all parties as I said it's the fourth it's been going on four years now so obviously if either party wasn't happy with the agreement it wouldn't be going on at this stage so yeah and look at a, a massive uh, relief of uh, you know to get the calves away off the farm um, you know it's all agreed in advance uh, there's no haggling no hassle you know everybody's under pressure at that time of the year calves move off twice a week and and you know there's no pressure on space so that's a great option where you know where a farmer is limited in terms of the space that he has just really has enough space now for the replacement calves that he'll be holding on to he has expanded a little bit in recent years so it's ideal to get any of those non-replacement calves off the farm as early as possible and i think look it's an important point that um you make trevor about the price and you know the price is set we often see the situation where we might have a strong calf you know might be four or five kilos heavier than the norm and you'd say god there's definitely 10 or 20 euro more in that calf but realistically you know you're you're doing well in uh, on average yeah it tends to balance out look at it's an average every you know obviously there's a different price maybe for you know dairy bull calves versus beef calves you know there's two or three different price uh, prices agreed for the different types of calves and irregardless you know after that you know, that that's the price that is paid so yeah look at one with another it tends to balance out Emma over the season and then then finally Trevor you know one of the obvious options is to upgrade like modify existing sheds you know to cater for additional calves on farm or build a new calf shed like do you see many examples of that among your clients yeah so look I I suppose two different examples there Um, one was you know where a farmer had a a, you know a number of covered silos um, and look at he, he converts one of those each year so he, he his second or third cut silage goes into the pit um, it's used up by generally by early january uh, spring calvin farm he then you know during the month of january he sets up temporary temporary pens in, in that covered silo so in this particular case the silo that i'm aware of it's 45 by 30 foot so he sets up six groups um six group six group pens it'll hold 48 calves eight per pen and then look at at the end of the the calf rearing season the gates can be removed easily for cleaning um, and they're stored then for use the following year again um, i've also seen a farmer where he has you know used um, straw straw bales for the dividing pens um, so look at either of those are good options it can be gates can be straw but uh, the critical thing is that he's using an existing set. So basically the shed has two uses. So during the, the summer and autumn, it's used as a silo and in the spring, it's a, a calf shed. So it's good use of existing sheds. Look at the, the other alternative then is the, the brand new calf shed, Emma. Um, I, I have a number of clients who have um, built new calf sheds in, in the last couple of years. Um, look at 
mostly they would have been using you know older sheds um, which had been converted to calf housing and in many cases there was a lot of individual pens a lot of manual cleaning you know extra labor required in those sheds so following a, a visit by myself um, you know and following some discussion it was decided probably the best scenario was to build a new purpose-built calf shed um, we selected site designed the shed um, so look at one one example it was a five bay shed uh, eight group pens there's a feed storage area uh, and a prep area with then some individual pens in, incorporated into into one uh, into one area of the shed uh, look at Generally, a, a new calf shed would be an excellent investment. Um, you'd expect, you know, with you know very limited spend, additional spend, you probably expect to get 25, 30 years lifespan out of it. Um, in in the few cases that I had, they were all eligible for the TAMS grant. Um, so look at that certainly reduces the cost significantly um, for for the shed. So look at excellent investment in all cases. Um, been speaking to all those farmers since and look at certainly it has helped in terms of labour and calf management uh, at a particularly busy time of the year. And I think, look, I mean, you've made very valid points, Trevor, in terms of, you know, as an area to invest in, it's it's um, it's very cost effective. You know, some people are, are people will be eligible for the TAMS grant and, you know, you're, you're going to get, you know, 40 to 60 percent of, of the money back on that. And I don't think we can underestimate um, the effect of a good or bad um, calf housing arrangement on farms. Like we would have spoken with um, Emer Kennedy in the past on the podcast and she would have emphasised you know how important it is and the effect of ill health due to poor ventilation on farms and you know we we must emphasise that a lot of these calves that we are rearing you know within our calf housing you know it is the future of our herd and you know where it's done right you know we will be very profitable but you know where it's done wrong we we might have very mediocre stock um you know entering the dairy herd yeah. uh, look at the, the difference between a, a good a well-designed calf shed and poorly designed you know there's a huge return on investment in that um, like as you said there you know to have healthy calves um you know that that move on they're the future of the herd and it's absolutely critical that they're looked after in you know those first three to four months of their life like that that's absolutely critical that they get off to a good start um and uh, you know that they're, they're able to you know to move on from that stage super thanks a million trevor yeah, you're welcome thank you that's it for this week's episode of the dairy edge podcast and my thanks to trevor dunwoody for joining me on this week's show don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.